Hello, welcome to the podcast of Startup Recruitment Failures. I'm Indra, founder and CEO of JobRuly. We're building LinkedIn automation platform for outbound recruitment. And today my guest is Ugna Cevile, talent acquisition partner at Kila Health. Ugna, could you please introduce yourself and Kila Health? Hey, hey, hello, Indra. Uh, yeah, I'm Ugna. I'm representing Kilo Health. And Kilo Health is one of the leading companies in digital health and wellness with 4 million clients worldwide. We're the second fastest growing company in Europe and we are number first uh, employee on Midfrank. Wow, nice, amazing. So since this is a startup recruitment failures podcast, I would like to talk about the recruitment failures you had at Kilo Health. But maybe before starting talking about this, you could tell the background, like how many employees are now at Kilo Health and how fast you are growing, because this is really one of the fastest growing startups in Lithuania. Yes, correct. We are, yes, we are knowledge of the second fastest growing company in Europe. And uh, now we are uh, almost 600 people and we grew from seven people to 600 people. Wow. Last year, we doubled our employees number. And yeah, that was a very rapid uh, scale and g- huge growth. And the um, company has around 15 digital products. Mm-hmm. And uh, most of them are digital apps and we are focusing on chronic diseases. And our goal is to treat, prevent, manage chronic diseases worldwide for all the people around the world. So people are working as in Google in, in different teams, right? Not in one company or how, how is it organized? Correct. It's a venture. It's like a venture group. Like each of the product is a different venture. And they work in the teams and each product, for example, let's take Clinio, our diabetes app, they have their own team and there are around 40 people there. They have their own CEO, their CMO, their product people, their engineering. So each of the products have their own team. There are some shared resources which are uh, used for those products that are developed, but mostly they are supporting our R&D department, which is, mm-hmm. which is working very hard and it's very strong and very big. And they are creating, this is the, one of the, main path and one of the main way how we created, you know, how we create the, the products. It is our main. So they get born in R&D department and then uh, the new department basically borns and then you create a new product. Correct. Correct. They are creating, they are testing in R&D department, new products. Mm-hmm. And later they grow, to, when, when they pass all the test phases, when you, mm-hmm. then they see the light and they become the separate venture. There's one other way. The second way, it is that we co-found a program of ours. Mm-hmm. We invite people with ideas who help, uh, who want to help and to work in digital health sector. Mm-hmm. And then they become part of Kilo Health as well. Okay, awesome. Does this help? And, and how is the recruitment organized, by the way? Is it centralized or each of the team has a dedicated recruitment specialist? No, we have our own HR department and it's quite big and we have around 30 people, I guess, including communication and, and events teams. And um, we decided that if we will have different recruiters in each of the team, there will be a competition between the products. And this is exactly what we don't want, you know, to come each candidate to compete with, you know, inside of the companies. So we have our centralized HR 
department and we recruit for each of the product and either it's a product, either it's a shared resources, they're centralized. But just out of the curiosity, how are the HR people deciding? Uh, for example, there is a developer or a marketing specialist. How do you decide to which team the person is uh, most suitable? You know, it's the opposite way it works because first there comes the, the demand from the hiring manager. For example, let's take our know, Sensor Health, our mental health app. For example, they need a product person mm-hmm. and they reach out to us and they say, okay, we have we have a demand for this kind of person, this kind of can, this kind of a position we need. And then we recruit especially for them. Sometimes there are situations when we are looking for product people. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. several product teams contact us and say they need a certain and the same person. So for recruiters, it's quite it's easier, you know, because you can suggest even for candidates to whether it's, is he, for example, more into mental health mm-hmm. or more into, I know, weight loss. So it's an option and it's an advantage for us that we can, you know, oh, which one would you like to? Mm-hmm. But aren't hiring managers competing between each other? Yes and no. There were situations when, when they were competing, but the more they mature become, the less competition there are. Mm-hmm. So um, after all, the goal is you no know, for the whole kill health to succeed and for, for the whole health to be successful. So the competition isn't that big. Yeah, I believe it's very important to understand that still uh, you're working in the same company for the same purpose. Otherwise, it's only the competition between products, which is then like a totally different story. Okay. And when talking about the recruitment failures, could you share any? Because I believe like if you have 600 people, there should be quite a few failures too. Yes, correct. I would say there are several stages where we were making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, at first stage, I would say the beginners um, stage, there were uh, several mistakes, such as, for example, uh, the moment when we learned that diversity is um, and not that identicalness is the key to our uh, success and for a successful team. Because when we started and with those seven people, of course, we wanted to duplicate, you know, copy paste each of that seven, you know, to be the, the, totally the same person and profile for hiring yeah. uh, and to expanding the team. But uh, yeah, and it was it, quite a long journey to learn that and to understand. But now we are a very colorful squad. Some of us are extroverts, some of us are introverts. Uh, some of us are party animals, some are homebodies. So age, sex, orientation, marital status doesn't matter at all. So now we're totally diverse and we see a huge advantage of that diversification. Yeah, so this was kind of the, the very uh, beginning lesson that we have learned. The second, from the same phase, um, beginner stage, I would say that it was a very funny story when we understood that, okay, that we have you know, reached the limit of our local Lithuanian market and okay, what, what shall we do? Okay, let's go global. We know we need to go global. And it was like we went global, like literally. Mm-hmm. And our HR systems almost crashed because we were receiving so many applications and so many, you know, attention that we, okay, then we learned if we went global, doesn't mean like the whole world. Yeah. We have to have like specific focused targeted markets which we have now uh, nowadays and there we re- recruit and it's 
kind of enough to have those. And it's very working to have precise markets and having in mind that, for example, how did we choose those markets? We chose because regarding the time zone, regarding the culture, similarity, and the, especially the logistics, because Lithuanian isn't the very good and very comfortable hub regarding the flights and so on. So we have several markets and we're looking for talents there. So it was a very funny story that, okay, it's Mr. Obvious, but, but this, this was one of the mistakes. Mm-hmm. So what, what are the countries you are uh, looking for talents at? Mostly we're focusing on Berlin mm-hmm. and probably there is no need to explain why because it's, you know, it's, it's a hub of startups and we're looking for experienced people uh, working and uh, who are used to uh, startup vibes and, and speed and pace and so on and so forth. So Germany is one of those markets. There is Netherlands, Amsterdam, there is an old Nordics. Mm-hmm. So we, we focus mostly there. And currently out of 600 people, how many are in Lithuania? Lithuania and uh, how, what is the percentage outside? I'm not sure I, I, I'm able to, to share the precise number, but we have employees from 18 different countries. So it's wow. quite, yeah, it's quite international. Okay, very most of them definitely work uh, remote and each of the team, you know, is mixed from different nationalities. Mm-hmm. Could you give any specific case that you understood that, well, this is the failure, you know, we made the decision and it's not working and we have to change something? Oh, there were quite many. For example, one of the main and current mistakes that we are dealing and working it is learning how test days are important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, having in mind what kind of pace are we living in? And sometimes we just want, you know, to recruitment process to, to finish as soon as possible and need, and we need that position to be filled as soon as possible. So sometimes there is a huge desire and temptation to skip that part to, you know, to announce the candidate. Okay. But nice that you have passed, for example, three interviews. But now there will be a task or something. Sometimes we skip, for example, that part and quite often we regret after that. So we found very, very important that uh, test days, not only for tech people, but also for all other uh, positions, either it's a test day, either it is, um, I know, homework, either it is a task given so we found it very, very important. And sometimes, you know, our record-breaking story was when uh, we had a candidate and he was talking to, and he passed seven interviews and we were still not sure either is a, a fit for us or not. Mm-hmm. And then we came with a brilliant idea that why don't we give them, you know, a test day or a task? Yeah. And then we provided them a task and we, after we got the feedback and the result of this assignment. Yeah, it was quite a clear learning that it's not our guy or girl. I can't remember which one was. So yeah, I would say that the test day is almost each time we skip it, we regret it. Yeah, I know this feeling. Actually, we had two hires. One was salesperson, another one was a developer. And we... In our case, we didn't ask for references. One was because first for the head of sales, we totally forgot. We were so excited that the person is joining our team. And me, I used to be a recruiter myself. I forgot about the simple thing to check the references. And there was a huge regret afterwards. And the other person was like, I was scared because once I had a situation that I asked, 
for the references. And uh, the previous hiring manager got to know that that person is open for the new challenges and went after that person. And then the candidates told us, no, you know, I'm not joining because my previous employer asked me to come back. And yeah, so, but still, it's, it's so important, you know, not to be afraid, but to go according all that steps required to be 100% sure. But still, is it possible to be 100% sure? What, what do you think? I think it's, it's impossible. That's why we have, you know, that three months that we can decide. And because every time I meet a candidate and uh, all the recruiters meet the candidates, we all emphasize the mutual fit, mm-hmm. that the fit should be, you know, from both sides. Mm-hmm. And you know, that uh, probation period is not only for us to check if we didn't make any hiring mistakes. Right. It is from, from the candidate's perspective as well. Mm. And regarding those uh, references, that's why one of the reasons why we um, focus more on testing instead of referral check. Mm-hmm. But we have uh, like a, a little bit different story regarding the referrals mm-hmm. because we have a very strong culture and it's very important uh, cultural check mm-hmm. in the recruitment process. And uh, there was a situation, for example, when we received highly recommended person and he said, oh, he's so senior, he's perfect, he's, he's working so good. Okay, if people say we believe yeah. and then we hired them okay. and it was one of our mistakes as well. So sometimes the references can be, you know, based on personal mm-hmm. sympathy, not on professional. So sometimes you can make mistake there as well. Yeah, totally correct. I actually had one HR manager and uh, she asked for the references about the candidate and they were terrible, but she was like, well, maybe the environment was wrong, you know, and in our environment, maybe that person could succeed and they succeeded very much. So references is not like something golden you have to take by heart and that's it, you know. So it's very important to find out, is it really matching to your culture or not? But could you give out of your hiring experience an example when you hired, when you were almost 100% sure that the person is very much suitable to the team you're hiring for? And after a few months, you understood that it was a mistake. Yes, actually, I can. And it was much faster than than several months. Okay. I'm mostly working with C-level recruitment mm-hmm. and um, we have like a procedure then we, uh, there are several interviews, online interviews, because most, uh, you know, job ads are global, mm-hmm. global, not all, the whole world, but just still global. Yeah. And uh, most of our, my candidates are, are foreigners and uh, from abroad. So we have interviews with several people, hiring managers and board members and so on and so forth. And we say, okay, this sounds like a good fit, Mm -hmm. but we have a tradition and uh, we invite uh, the candidate from wherever he is in the world to come to Lithuania, come to Vilnius, to our headquarters and meet us and hiring uh, managers in person. Mm -hmm. So there is, and then they meet the the team, they meet everybody they they are, will be working with and all the stakeholders. And then we have like uh, some workshops and we go to to have a dinner Mm -hmm. and so on and so forth. So then we meet a person in person. Yeah. And there was a situation when we have invited that candidate in the final stage. And from the first interview, there were 
kind of many red flags. And later we just understood that, yeah, we should proceed, mm -hmm. but it is not our guy just from just the beginning. Mm -hmm. Thanks God we have this check mm -hmm. because we would have made a big mistake. What were the red flags? Cultural fit, mm -hmm. as well as the, in that precise case, there was, actually there was competence, you know, that person wasn't able to, to deliver and to talk in the terms that we uh, expected them to talk and to operate in knowledge that we, that position had to operate. So there was mm -hmm. all over the, the place, the red flags. Yeah, I also had this case when there was a very suitable candidate, like looking for all the perspectives and uh, they passed a few interviews. And the last one was to meet a team presenting a task. And after that meeting, all the team members like came to me like shocked. And I was like, what happened? And they were, you know, we starting criticizing, giving some negative feedback And that candidate started being very nervous and even angry about everything. And it's like, we cannot invite them to our team, you know, because even during the interview process, the person is angry and with negative attitude. And yeah, it's um, what I also would like, you know, to ask about your opinion, because you mentioned a very important thing, like personality, right? And we hiring managers and recruiters, we cannot ask personal things uh, for candidates like about the age or the marital status or and so on. So what do you think about this and how to find out about the personality of the candidate then? You know, uh, we Kilo Health find very important, our, the, as I mentioned, that cultural fit and that cultural match. So the moment, uh, the first day probably I, I joined Kila Health, I had a like a workshop with our CEO, Tadas Burgaila, mm -hmm. and it was a totally un informal. And he said, you know, sometimes when I'm not sure about the cultural fit, I always imagine that candidate, that precise candidate that I'm not sure about sitting next to me in the long flight, for example, to New York. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Would I prefer them sitting uh, next to me or prefer them sitting somewhere, you know, further from me? Yeah. And it is, you know, sometimes we as recruiters, we have like doubts. Sometimes we have like definitely yes. Sometimes we have definite no. Yeah. But there are sometimes situations in between. Yeah. And you then have doubts. So for me, it is a very uh, useful tip when I imagine that person and that cultural check mm. personality. Mm -hmm. But regarding those, you know, questions about the marital status, we don't ask them, but we just... You know, it's always in recruiters' positions, very difficult, but because you, as a recruiter, you have to always provide the evidence, not the emotion. Yeah, yeah. But sometimes it's just the emotion that matters and sometimes the emotion that leads you there. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful for Kilo Health and for this environment that emotional reason is a reason here. Mm -hmm. So if you don't feel it and the second person doesn't feel it, so it's a no. yeah. Yeah, but it doesn't matter uh, the marital status and everything uh, and the age and the nationality. What we look for, it is the person core values that we're looking for. It is the ownership, mm -hmm. it's freedom and creativity. Mm -hmm. Those are the three main things that we uh, look in our candidates. Right. And it's not related to age or to marital status or something else. No. That's correct.
Okay, great. So thank you, Ugna, so much for sharing uh, your stories and about the Aquila Health Culture and how to select the perfect candidate out of the cultural aspect. Thank you. Thank you, Indra, for having me. And thank you for all the listeners. For more podcasts, please visit jobrely.com.